big decisions, paths followed, choices made. This is Connections, conversations about life and work. I'm your host, Jim Allen. Happy New Year, Jason Thompson. It's a brand new year. It's 2023. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting run, isn't it? It is. Now, we're recording this in December. Yes. Just in for full transparency. Full transparency. So if there is a natural da- disaster between December 19th and now, we don't know about it. We don't know about it. Is that it. what we're calling the Leafs, the we're, natural disaster? We're assuming Santa came through for everybody, though, but uh, we don't really know that. But it is a new year. Jason, yeah. thanks for coming, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me um, out. It's nice to be in Oakville again. So it's a new year. Do we have reason to be optimistic, just in general? You're very positive online. and uh, Which is do, funny for a nihilist, right? Well, do we have... You're not a nihilist. You're so positive online. I can feel the vibes coming through the screen. So uh, uh, when I'm like surfing, when I'm uh, stalking you online. <laughs> well, do we have reason to be... It is a brand new year. Do we have reason to be... Everybody like, always has a reason to be uh, positive. You know, I have a friend, Deb Kirby, who was... Uh, she was the... Vice President of Winford and and Mariposa back in the day, she ran, ran uh, you know work with with Right to Play, and I asked her once, you know, like is the world getting better? And she said to me, it is. It is objectively getting better. Right. Yes, there's lots. I mean, lots and lots and lots of horrible, horrible things that are going on. But by and large, we live better lives than we do. I can't remember the name of the the uh, the Dutch kind of. TED Talk speaker, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he said, look, the world's getting better. So do we have a reason to be optimistic? Yeah. But you know what? People who are in a good mood all the time make me suspicious. So right. I'm, I'm and suspicious I'm not in a good you. mood all the time. You're not? Okay. No. But you do a good job of it. Like you don't, so you're not showing uh, your true self then the, No, no. The, I mean, people who kind of hang with me know that like I, I'm, I, I am truly an optimist. I always have been. It's mm-hmm. one of the great gifts that I've been given. Uh, and really drilled into me by my parents, just that idea of like, you know what, everything, there's always an answer. Like the joke I, I always used to make uh, when I went through a couple of my marriages was, I always feel like I've jumped out of an airplane and go, without a parachute, and go, yeah, I can fix this. Okay. Always. I'm not, not going to follow up on the couple marriages comment, no, you go but ahead. maybe we will later, but... Uh... Uh, so I just looked it up seconds before you arrived. The last time we saw each other was 2008. Really? Yes. So I met you, so that's like 14, 15 years ago, the last time I saw you. So you were a creative director, a writer, a speech writer, you still are, pitching new business. You dabbled in photography, kind of a creative jack of all trades, right? You can interrupt me anytime you yeah, want. Yeah, no, that's what, some people will call me the Swiss army knife of communication. So when you're a creative director in the corporate world, you're really a business strategist. Yeah. Would you agree with that? So Abs- and, and in fact, you can be different types of creative directors in this game, right? You can be truly like that traditional corporate theater. I model myself after that strategy side of the game. Okay, and you seem to really enjoy that. I really but do. Interestingly, you've evolved even further, right? You're now marketing yourself this way anyway you're coaching people in the business world on how to be better speakers um, that, i got that right yeah like the whole idea is i want everybody to have the conversation of their lives and right. presentation coaching is the easiest way to get into that but there's other stuff i do i do pitch coaching you know communications coaching and keynotes workshops and things like that but truly right now the presentation coaching is the easiest way to kind of sell me and you're back doing live events now i know and last week you're out in uh, california i yep. think and you were positively giddy online you're you've 
you're, you're, uh, you went, I, f I found, finally found my purpose, right? With speak up, speak out, you help public speakers speak. And yeah. you're doing keynotes yourself these days, which is makes it more credible. So how, how do you help? Here's a softball, open-ended <laughs> question for you. How do you um, make uh, public speakers better? Bottom line is 90% of the presentations that I see are terrible. And what I mean by terrible is they actively do the opposite of what the speaker yeah. intends. You know, we go out there and we just, it's like Jurassic Park with the, with the mosquito and the amber. Right. We, we learn these skills early in our career and we think, oh, we'll just, we'll just iterate. Right. The problem is, is that those skills are faulty to begin with. Too many speakers think I'm giving a presentation. I must give a presentation as opposed to Who's the audience? What do they want? Who am I? What do I want? And how do I connect with this audience effectively? And that's the secret sauce. Connection counts most. You're going to hear me say that a lot today because that yeah. is what it's all about. Right. And it's sort of that death by, we, we both have seen that, just death by PowerPoint, right? People just- Yeah, I have a course like coming read out this their, year. Read their slides with their back to the audience. People it's don't like understand on both sides because you get people on both sides with PowerPoint. It's like people will put their speaking notes on PowerPoint and then just kind of like read them. But the other yeah. side, you get people like, I only put eight words on a slide or I only put an image. Neither of those two groups understand what right. PowerPoint is for. Right. One of the best presentations I ever saw, you know, it's sort of that Steve Jobs idea- where it was just a black screen behind the guy, but he had a single word in white. So he wasn't he wasn't a slave to the slides, but it was just maybe one word that reminded him of what he's supposed to be talking about, but, but also us as well. It was behind him while you, but it also forced you to forced you to look at him. Yeah, and I they're and buying he was you, good, but he was just a good speaker too. They're buying you, right? not your slides. However, what I will say is because you'll hear a lot of people say, you know, PowerPoint's a ter PowerPoint is a brilliant tool yeah. if you remember this one rule. It's the GPS to your presentation. Audiences right. disengage at a rate of 100% for every 15-minute block, and it's getting worse as a result of virtual. And so what you have to do is you have to really make sure that people can dial back in. So your PowerPoint's a great way to do that. It can also demonstrate emotional connect. One of the big lies, I think, for people is they'll tell you in communications, you can never tell somebody how to feel. Lie, 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 lie. Ever right. watch a commercial before with like yeah. sad piano music? Yeah. That's telling you to be sad. Of course. Yeah. We, you should tell people how to feel when it comes to the connection you're driving. Right. It's part of the toolkit of really the filmmaker, is. right? Yeah. So uh, music's very important. So here's a recommendation for you that was written on your website, I believe. This is about you. Quote, energetic, insightful, spend any time with Jason and you walk away buzzing with new ideas and approaches that help you present better teach better, win pitches, anything you need to communicate. It amazes me how Jason can look any content, look at any content and make it interesting, relevant, and effective for an audience. What he teaches my team and our clients is unique and invaluable. And that's from Eugenia Lista. Eugenia Lista, yeah. Your, your, your clients. So did you write that for her? That one, I don't think I did. Eugenia is actually <laughs> really good, but I, you know, testimonials oftentimes yes. is I'll interview people and then I'll spit it back to them and then they'll say, yeah, no. I'm just kidding. That's I'm just, I'm just bugging you. So, um, so one of the, okay, talking about that PowerPoint idea, the one thing that comes to mind too is like, what's changed from 30 years ago is people used to rehearse, right? <laughs> well, and I'm about 10 years older than you. People used to rehearse. Now they show up with their deck uh, you know, on a floppy or whatever, it would be a stick, I guess. They just walk in, give it to a tech, if there's a tech. Yeah. So things go wrong all the time. And it must drive, that must drive you crazy. It does. Right? In fact, I have a thing called the sugar stack, which is the five-step process that I use for, for presentations. And number five 
is strategic rehearsal. We don't rehearse enough right. at all. And it, it's, it's maddening because if you're not rehearsing, you're not sharp. And if you're not sharp, you're not actually connecting with your audience, particularly that first minute and that last minute. Those are right. like the key pieces of real estate. You have to rehearse 10 times minimum. And again, not linearly to go out. I, I do my, my program, uh, Speak Out, Get Results, on presentations 60 times a year. That keynote version of it, the workshop, about 60. the same. 60, 60. Wow. And I rehearse five to 10 hours every single time. The one I did last week, like I, I gave that session three times last week. I rehearsed for every single one. You talk about that first minute. So how important is that first First minute, minute is critical. It's about engagement. You have one second, one second right. to basically get up there and audiences are already judging you as you're taking the stage. Right. So if you're so going to no pressure a, a at all. dour right. face, right. They will, they're judging you. And after seven seconds, they're actively looking for um, information that supports the narrative that they've created about yeah. you. So be smiling when you take the stage. Then so you have four seconds to emotionally engage. And that's the key. So for me, as a video guy, uh, the internet changed everything yeah. because you can't have this lush, long introduction because people are going to hit the the fast forward button or stop and, and or you know if they're on if they're on the internet they'll just go to another video immediately. You have to grab them immediately. Yeah. So it changes all your content. But how do right? people always begin their presentations when they get on stage? They Hi, always begin you? the exact same way. It's great to be here. Yeah, so it's just lately. Uh, it's great not so to it's be- it's a waste of time, on, right? Like well, the, I call it throat clearing. Time. It's, Pardon me? It's throat clearing is right. what it is. Right. You have, like my favorite uh, little webinar that I've given is on first minute and it begins like this, good morning. Right. Picture of BTS, the Korean boy band comes right. up and I say, my job today is to turn you into a Korean boy band. That's right. the first two lines of the presentation. Right. Because that's how long I have to so create curiosity in you. So they're hooked right away. They go, what? What's he Yeah, saying? yeah. What's he and talking then, about? Yeah. Right? I've got you then. Yeah. I've got you because, and this is the big thing. We think about presentations as something we have to give. What's the number one line I always get as a speechwriter? Here's what I want to say. Right. It doesn't matter what you want to say. Your entire presentation, every conversation you ever have is in service of your audience. I read 11 books on relationships this summer, like romantic personal relationships. They all say the same thing. <laughs> Who cares what you think? Right. It's about them. Right. It's hyper empathy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to touch that <laughs> marriage thing. I'm trying to keep this professional, Jason. So. But it's, a, I learned that because I'm writing my own book and I find that, that those kind of relationship books help you understand how to have so a great So you slide the plug in there. What's, so what's the book book's about? book's going to be called Misconnected. I'm, okay. I'm three quarters of the way through writing okay. it right now. We have more tools than ever before to connect with each other. And right. we're doing a worse job at it. Right. How so do you hold the conversation? It's in your about life? public speaking, though. Or no, it's it's really, and that's that. the thing that I, I had struggled with with the book was where does it fit, right? right? And where I learned it fits is is that that purpose statement. How do I help you have the best conversations of your life? You want to run a podcast? You want to pre present? You're going to have a multi million dollar advertising campaign? These right. rules, and that's the way the book's organized, is a series of four page rules. Right. How do you apply those so that you can connect with people? Okay. Yeah. One of, one of the most, uh, one of the, you know, we're kind of, are we post-pandemic? I don't know. It's, it's a, almost a dirty word to say that word uh, these days, in my opinion. We're pre-next pandemic. <sighs> but we're between pandemics. Sure. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe, yeah, let's workshop that. Um, so one of the seemingly permanent changes that's come as a result, of, you know, in the last two or three years, is that hesitancy for full-time workers to return to the office full-time. Yep. I think we all kind of agree that, People are doing some sort of hybrid thing. I mean, they like working at home, at least part of the time, right? 
Uh, I mean, the bosses can threaten them, they can give them incentives, but they still like the convenience of being at home. Now, why would these same people want to go back to live events, a trade show, a convention, a company get-together? Why would they want to go back? Why should they go back? Because that's a big problem for the event industry, in my opinion. It's becoming less of a problem, and I'll tell you why. I've done enough live events in 2022, starting my first event was in February of all times, in Dubai on right. at the World Expo. There is no substitute for human connection. And the big lie that we tell ourselves when it comes to large-scale events is what happens on that main stage is the most important part of the event. It isn't. The most important part of any event is the networking. Yeah. And the networking, well, I feel that I continue to be a great student of the virtual space and very good at it and teaching others that. There's no substitute for human connection. I mean, otherwise, why don't we date, you know, on Zoom? Yeah, I have a client of mine that uh, did, uh, they're a software client, and they did, the pre-pandemic, they did uh, uh, conventions in every province all year long. Then they switched to virtual. So right. it was seamless. They haven't really gone back. But the people that went to those conferences tended to be people that were, you know, behind their computers all day. They actually looked forward to the live interaction because they're not used to networking. And they actually, it was, they could look to maybe find their next employer or, right. uh, and I think they're slow returning to, well, to that original thing. model. We're, we're not going to return and we shouldn't. One of the big lies about, again, I love using this word lies because we have been lied to so often when it comes to our connections is you, this is a meeting. This is an event. Not everything needs to be a live event. Virtual should continue to have its space. I've seen a couple of organizations that are getting really smart about their strategy on this. And what they're doing is, right. is they say, okay, we're going to have the low-grade stuff more frequently, and we're going to do that virtually. Shorter sessions, smarter sessions, far more targeted. And right. then we're going to have, instead of having four live meetings a year, we're going to have two or one. But man, it's going to be really, really great. So to find that balance, because in truth, that's the joke I like to make about the pandemic is everybody started to live the life I've been living for 30 years. Right. You know, For all of my bombast and chattiness, I'm a hard eye introvert. And I like to recede to my little castle in the sky in Bradford, right. Ontario. Right. But I know when you have to go. In fact, I just did last week, I just sat with my marketing team out of the UK and we targeted 12 live events where I need to be next year because... I can't convert those people into customers online. It right. just can't happen. Right. You know, but even in, you know, what I call before times, um, <laughs> you know, I, I go to events and my role often was I'm doing videos, like talking to people, like, what do you think? And why should people come to your, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you're really doing like live focus grouping kind of thing. But I, you know, I certainly have heard uh, workers in the past just mutter to them, to me under their breath is like, this whole event is like a waste of time. So people really need to, if you're doing an event, you've got to step up your game and make everything really relevant to people, right? Yeah, there, what's that book uh, by Priya Parker, the one that she wrote about four years ago about, it's called uh, The Art of Gathering, right? right? And the first two thirds of the book are, what's the purpose of this event in the first place? I mean, right. how many times do we see that? This was an email. Yeah. Most events that I see are an absolute waste of time. And yeah. I, Honestly, would put yep. myself out of business. I like the Amazon model. Like for like small meetings, you know, when you've got right. your team together, you know, where someone gets up and they present. Instead, what you should be doing is what they do, which is they, they give them a three-page dossier that follows a template. You have 10 minutes to read it. And right. then we're going to spend 50 minutes discussing it. 
Right. That more discussion, that's why I like something like what, um, like brain dating at C2 Montreal. Right. When I go to C2 Montreal, where I have moderated sessions in the right. past for Cirque du Soleil and for, you know, Aurora Cannabis, things like that, I spend all my time brain dating because it's right. that connection that becomes so, so critical and it's organic. And I, again, I can't get that. I can't find you. You're a needle in a haystack by just kind of like scrolling through on uh, right. on Zoom. Yeah, I mean, one one thing that I, you know, again, it's a pen, you know, these event companies are just trying to survive during, you know, the last two or three years. And, but it did drive me nuts where I was like, yes, we're, we're pivoting to, to virtual and everyone's loving it and we're doing great. And I just didn't believe it for a second because I, I know that people like right. eating in person. And that's right? the truth is smart companies like EL Productions here right. in Canada, Apple Box Productions out of Atlanta is another one I really like, Eventive here in Toronto, is they, they basically blew up the model of what a meeting was. Because with anything that you create, the next iteration of it is a virtual version of the last iteration. So when, right. when events started... Like I literally would see interfaces that look like ballrooms and things like that. Right. That's that's that skeuomorphic move. Like think about when you got your phone the first time, like the first iPhones, the 3G and the 3GS and stuff like that. They were like versions of what came before it. Right. But over time, they lift off. And that's right. what's to me is most fascinating is that smart agencies are rethinking everything. So from a, again with EL Productions, they assigned me as a content director. I go in first and I'm like, let's look at your agenda. Oh, you want 60 minutes for the CEO? Why? Why do you want right. 60? Nobody's going to listen to 60 minutes for right. a CEO. And so it becomes the opportunity to recast that. And smart agencies yeah. did a really, really good job at that. Yeah. 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 I do I do admire your hustle. Um, <laughs> I, I, as I told you uh, via email. It's fear. I'm, it's, you know, it's fear, right? Like the hustle comes from fear. Uh, well, I can relate to that. So, but I see you out there online. You're giving your audience value. So I we follow. I follow you on LinkedIn. Thanks. If not, other, I appreciate you. Perhaps other things, but you provide it. You're providing like free tips on how to make your presentations better. So you can get Jason's stuff for free if you uh, figure out how. I'm an infographic fiend. Yes. Yeah, so you're giving away these cool infographics. Um, but you're supplying value to your followers while not so subtly promoting your professional self. And as I said to you, you know, I mean, you kind of in it, you can say that you inspired me on some level to do to do this. Thanks, even. man. Um, so, but, but you do give like you got a podcast, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, piles and piles and piles of free content. Free. Yes. Does does it work for you? I get this and I have gotten this before. The this is the there's a divide line with organizations which is how much do you give away? You give right. a, enough away to to be create to create that connection. There's a great story about a swimming pool company and uh, they put up a video this is how to, how to build your own swimming pool at home, right? Mm. Got 10 mil, 10 million views on YouTube. Right. And their business went through the roof because what I do what I'm doing is I'm creating a visual and virtual identity for myself that when you think great conversations, you think me. And there's a there's a color scheme and there's a language approach to it so that, yeah, you're going to get free stuff. But the thing is, is that are you really going to sit down and take all that free stuff and be able to build the presentation in your life? Some will. Most yeah. people are like, ah, you know what? I've got training dollars. I can hire Jason. Jason will get me there. And I do yeah. that a lot. Like these like four or five coaching sessions, first session is a little keynote and then three sessions where we work through structure and then we work through engagement and then we work through, but all of that 
means that there are infographics and, and pieces left behind. So you'll know me immediately, and that's what I want. So recently, my uh, my uh, one of my daughters and my wife has kind of staged an intervention with me, and they're, <laughs> ye- they're yelling at me and say, like, "Why don't you charge charge for this?" And I right. go, "Well, okay, money's not a hey, money's not everything." And and what they don't see is like I'm I am generating a fair bit of goodwill. So like people that don't necessarily have a platform and I maybe have an inter- a type of interview that they haven't kind of done before, and it's kind of out there and it's kind of you know it kind of works for me, but I'm not you know making money right. doing this. Maybe maybe you know maybe somebody could sponsor me or something. But I'll, here's your strategy. It's the same strategy I have for our radio show. My radio show is not about getting listeners. Yeah. It's about getting guests. And the guests are generally yes. people I want to talk to because yes. if you can say to them, hey, I want you to come not on my podcast, but on my radio show that has terrestrial radio, yes. they're interested. Yes. Now I've started that connection process. With yes. You. And I've noticed that you've had some clients on yeah. the podcast. Absolutely. And I've interviewed people that are potential clients as well, I suppose. That's um, the strategy. That's a reason that the radio show exists. But in preparation for our conversation today, I did listen back to some of your podcasts and, uh, you know, it was clearly born of the pandemic. Would, would you say that? Or uh, the first, okay, the first one's posted April 4th, 2021. Right. And um, even now it seems, you know, listening, it's a, I went to the beginning, it's kind of a blast from the past already. I mean, it's not that long ago, yeah. but things have changed, right? So Show titles like how to improve your Zoom meetings, you know, and how to organize a freedom rally in Ottawa. It's like charming in, in retrospect. Okay, that last one. That was a great true. one. I, that, we that, got, that was our highest show. But charming in, in retrospect, you know. But um, <laughs> I mean, have you, I mean, have you seen, there's video memes online, like, you know, this is, this is me on Zoom and, you know, right. uh, uh, 2020 versus 2021 versus 2022, <laughs> and they get, you know, first yeah. they're all bright eyed and bushy tailed, and then they're a little more hard beaten and beaten down by the end, and they're actually quite funny. But uh, have you seen those? Yeah, I have. I yeah. have. And uh, listen, I had a I had a video published uh, within ten days of lockdown. Like, right. What happens? We I got locked down. I thought my career was over. We all thought our careers were over. Yeah. And I, the first thing I did was get to work. I built a studio in like right. five days. Right. I, I had a video on like how to look great online. I, I yeah. published an ebook within a month. Like yeah. I had tons of stuff going on. The radio show though was actually already in the works. Okay. Because I had been finished. I was on Saga 960. I had a show called Parents Canada Talk Radio. I was a co-host. Right. And it wrapped literally just before the pandemic. And they had asked me, the station said, we really like you, which was, you know, meant a lot for a kid who got D, a D in his presentation <laughs> class in first year. You want to do anything else? And so, you know, I, I had approached Jen Glynn, who was the, at the, then was the president of Site Global, you know, industry organization, 4,000 people around the world, and said, let's do this together. So we had already been prepping. Right. right, and then the then lockdown happened, and we figured out how to do this virtually. Our first episode was actually in person. I went out to Port Hope in April of 2020. Uh, 2020 was it? 20, what, is, what year is this now? Yeah, it's 2023. Yeah. when you're watching this, so yeah. no, but so you're committed to what 46? That's the one thing I don't envy you. You had 46, what 48 minutes every episode. Yeah, 46 ep- minutes but, an episode. As you, but you do have a co-host, so that was a smart. Because then you could play Nobody off each other. Nobody wants to listen to me for sixty minutes. Well, but it's a lot of time to fill, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, like uh, some of your online stuff say, if you don't, if, as you say, the CEO do, shouldn't be talking for an hour if he doesn't nope. have he she doesn't have an hour of content. So, but you got to come up. You're committed because it's terrestrial radio. 
what so we do is it, we I almost see it as four 12 minute segments or four right. 11 minute segments right like that's that's the key now some of them which is great with guests guests will always push you to like 17 18 minutes so you could and, and the station's been really good about being elastic around you know what you, you okay we're gonna do 10 minutes for this segment we'll do 16 for this one they've been pretty right. good about that so fast forward a bit um, I, I listened to your podcast with Ron Tight. Now I met him about 10 years ago. He probably wouldn't remember me. He, uh, it was on a gig. Um, now when you're talking to him, uh, you felt like you were maybe hitting the wall in terms of uh, the number of people you were reaching. This is like a year ago at least probably, right? Now you did mention one post you made is you, where you discussed your personal feelings turning 50. Yeah. And that became the most read and most reacted to post of that particular year. And that taught you something. What did it teach you? A couple of years ago, I had a keynote speaker by the name of Mike Lipkin, who's a famous South African energy ball. And he, right. he actually called me out. He saw me as a, a host and he said, you know, you got three strengths as a, as a presenter. Vulnerability is your primary strength, which is you use that to is bring that you people. in general, or he's talking about you? Me personally. So okay. he said vulnerability, expertise, energy. Those were the th big three. And what I've learned is, is that vulnerability works really, really well in the, in the LinkedIn universe is that the more human you can show yourself as the better. And you can see yeah. a lot of people are picking that up. Yep. Here's the deal though. It actually is who I am. It's not, right. a, it's not a character. I, if you meet me within 10 minutes, I'll tell you I've been married twice. Like I have no scruples yes. on that. I have to say, but your, your podcast, uh, your podcast, which is a radio show was yep. very slick right from the very beginning. Wow, so you, you knew, but you knew what you were doing. So, uh, but I got the sense that, okay, I better, the way I took that thing with wrong tight is, uh, I should maybe evolve my content to, as you, as you said, maybe, maybe I need to be more personal and authentic, yep. be vulnerable not just the veneer and the gloss is the quote. And that's, you. that's, a, thanks for remembering that. First of all, that means an awful lot that somebody would take that type of dive into my own content. Cause <laughs> I don't know that I listen to myself half the time. I talk a lot. I listen harder. I talk a lot, but people do like hearing about the struggle, right? Yes, like the struggle and it, it really makes do. you more relatable. My, my right? actual, I, and I get these, I get these reports from my team in the UK. They, they sent me SEO two weeks ago and said, you need to start talking about your mistakes more because that's selling right now. Now, okay, I get right. that, but it's not a leap for me right. because I have no problem talking about the way that, if you listen to the radio show enough, you'll see that in the last year, as I've gone through some stuff in my personal life, right? Everything from like, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. I dropped 25 pounds. I ended a relationship that had been going on for a long time. I use it as almost personal talk therapy right. in a way. And right. I don't have a problem with that. Right. It brings people closer to me. No, absolutely. I, and I agree. I do agree. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say my goal today is to like break through that veneer of, uh, with Jason Thompson. And You'll find pretty quickly. It's not hard. I won't, I, and I, I wrote here, I won't be satisfied until I leave you in a pool of tears, but, uh, I, I don't I think cry I'll, a lot. I don't think I'll be able to do it. Oh, you're like, uh, what's the guy in the States? Uh, Boehner, remember the old, the, uh. John speaker, Boehner? John Boehner, the former, uh, uh, you don't know that speaker guy? Speaker of the house, right? So he used to cry. Yeah. On uh, on a dime. Boehner, and, now that guy was had a voice for radio. But, but Holy he, smokes. Boehner, right? So yeah. he was in the news last week because he came out, he's a Republican, yep. and man, Nancy Pelosi is resigning as as, as the, the leader, the speaker. So he was doing the bipartisan thing, and he's talking, saying nice things about Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, 
cried like a baby as he always does. So it's that gets. I do that. Listen, I you know on I, stage I have three do kids. you or just uh, behind? behind I cried on stage. I don't know if I've ever cried on stage, but you know I have three kids, and right. I have you know one kid who struggled mightily through university and just yesterday finished his first ex- final exam in his first semester, third shot at it. Right. A lot of humanity. With right. that, you know, I have a 17 year old who's, and I would say I would identify, like, if you're going to give me a label as an empath, right? I'll find the person who's in the deepest pain in the room and I'll go directly at them right. and try and unpack that pain. And, and very human, very personal. Like, that's those people get the time to know me. And then I have a kid who is transitioning, right? From female to male. Really? And, and so you have to have that. It, it, so one you strength have some stories to, to tell. Yeah. Right. But the big thing I think, and the Parents Canada taught me that, is how to be a better human being. Right. And and again, you see me chatty, chatty, chatty. But I'm listening really hard. I'm watching you. I'm watching your body language to connect with you. So, uh, <coughs> do you? Uh, there was a guy out here, and I, 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 it doesn't even matter who his name was. Like ten years ago, and he just decided I'm going to be a keynote speaker only. Do you foresee that maybe in your future? Maybe just forget about the coaching part, which yep. you earn money for, presumably. Yep. And just be a keynote guy? Because you can do well, uh, you know, uh, just filling in that, you know, uh, these companies have events in the Caribbean and they have to write off part of a, you know, uh, part of it by having some actual education business content. So they'll bring in these wacky keynote speakers on various topics. But you can make a good living do yeah. that. You get on a list presuming perhaps you're already on a list like so that. So right? the goal, it's interesting. You're tapping into the business strategy that I'm going through right now because I avoided being a traditional keynote speaker. I have the skills, I have the energy, and I have some messages that for a long time. And I remember Martin Perlmuter at Speaker Spotlight said to me, we thought of you as more of a workshop guy because right. my challenge with keynotes is they're like candy, right? right? Is you eat a piece of candy, you get a sugar rush, Right. And then 20 minutes, you get a sugar crash and you just feel fat. That's the that's the little analogy I like to make. Okay. So what I always felt was I wanted to leave good value. And you've seen that. You've okay. seen that really well. So you're committed to leaving something behind. Right. But so. what I do also know is if you don't have a good Halo keynote, then you're not going to attract the workshops, the coaching, et cetera. So the answer to your question is I, I the big transition that I'm making is really from the creative direction and copywriting, which I still do, right. into keynote workshop coaching right all right. three hosting emceeing and hosting right so and we'll see where that all shakes out but what i needed was a main tent keynote which is what misconnected will be okay the book yeah the book. and some people some people will hire you for how to give a presentation speak up get results as a keynote i did that last week as a right. keynote three times right but often they want to see that more as a workshop, which I, I also do that as so a workshop. So workshop means what? You're more interactive. You're down you Basically with a lot them. more exercise, you know, keynotes, and 60 they, minutes. And they, uh, yeah. they do some and I do workshops and you critique on them and things like that? Storytelling. Yeah. Last week, the one that I did was on a team that was trying to learn how to pitch effectively. So I took them through five exercises. And again, I have 80 exercises and I meet with you. I customize and pull them on off the shelf and make it. I, I, the line I like to use is Merv, meaningful, interesting, relevant, valuable. It's not about me. It's about you, period. <sighs> you're asking some outstanding questions today. Okay. You're just, but, okay. You're buttering me up. Now. It's true. No, the, and right. you know, it's funny, the buttering me up thing. <laughs> Again, people who meet me. Also known don't as blowing, trust that. blowing smoke. smoke up your butt. So, uh, But people don't trust, there, there are some right. people that don't trust that. Like I had a client once for six years, he was constantly trying to see what angle are you working? Right. Right. 
here's the angle I'm working. The angle my mom taught me. My mom taught me when you, like, if, if you show up, the first thing I do, and again, anybody in an interactive situation will say, say this, I'll notice your haircut, your glasses, your earrings, your something. Why? You didn't leave the house with these things to, for your own edification. Right. You want the world to notice you. I notice you. You're okay. awesome. Okay. Okay. You could live here if you want. Yeah, I need <laughs> I need someone to talk to me that way every every day. Yeah, me so. too. I'm still looking. <sighs> so it's the end of the year. It's the beginning of a new year. It's 2023. Believe it. Uh, I mean, we've been you've been watching trends in business and communications probably as closely as anyone. What's your big bold prediction? It's still going to be messy. Right. We do not understand yet the way the matrix works in terms of what's live, what's not, and what should you do. And so companies are still going to try and develop that model. Like there was a model for live events for a long, long time, right? And it shifts, right? right. You know, the 90s business theater was really big. Hey, it's about superheroes, right? right. Or it's, it's about the X-Files, right? You use that in a corporate sense. And events, you know, like The Gathering and C2 Montreal and South by Southwest, they really shifted what that could look like. And now you start to inject this virtual space. And now you realize audiences don't want to sit for as long as they were sitting. And now you realize that the traditional keynote isn't sitting the same way. So it's still going to be messy. We're still trying to figure out what that model looks like. The best, though, are those who are going to experiment, who are going to play, who are going to look at this and say, what can this be? And let's try some stuff out. And I'm seeing, it's actually really gratifying to see a conservative company like country like Canada, which has not done a good job, I think, at really bucking trends, to start setting some of those trends, to look at this and go, okay, let's rethink what this can be so that we can be meaningful, interesting, relevant, and valuable to our audiences. That is what I see. Still going to be messy, going to see some new models. I think the technology is going to settle down a little bit. And you'll see some aggregation because that's what always happens. A lot of people publish technology, then stuff starts to aggregate and, and you start to see some leaders. I don't think you're going to fully see that this year, but you're going to see a better version of that than you did last year. All right. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to the, the future now. Thanks to- Are you? Thanks to you. You've pumped me up. So uh, I'm awesome. <laughs> I've done my job because that, that <laughs> idea of, of inspiring those around me is part of the game, right? Is I want people to walk away not being inspired. What's the line? The, the, the classic line is um, there was a woman who dated both the prime minister of the UK and like the leader of the opposition. And I really should button down this story because it's a good one. Is is that, <laughs> like so she dates the prime minister and she said he was the most interesting person in the room. Right. Right. And then she dated the leader of the opposition and she said he made me feel like I was the most interesting person in the room. I think for a long time I spent tried to spend in the first category and I still lob a lot of cool stuff, but I really want to be in that second category. I want you to walk away feeling I'm inspired, not by, by Jason, but I'm inspired by what Jason unlocked in me. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Food for thought. Certainly. Uh, happy new year. Happy new year, my happy friend. Happy 2023. And thanks for doing this. Good to be big. It's an absolute pleasure. I'll come and hang out with you anytime. <laughs> every day. Okay. I need you every day. All right. We're new besties. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment or if you want to be on the show, send me an email at connectionsvideopod at gmail.com. And please subscribe.